Welcome to the Empowerment Radio Show, the show that empowers, inspires, and motivates. Hear from experts in all areas of business as they share proven techniques that have helped them earn millions and have more free time. Learn the tricks of the trade, including how to market your business and develop the million-dollar mindset needed to succeed. Be sure to register for more information at torontowomensexpo.com. Use hashtag EWTS, which is short for Empowering Women to Succeed. Now, let's welcome the host of the Empowerment Radio Show, Randy Goodman. Hello, everyone. This is Randy here with the Empowerment Radio Show, and my special guest is Mark Saltzman, freelance journalist and broadcast technology expert and family man. You may have seen him on the big screens when you go to the theater to see a movie. Welcome to my podcast, Mark. Thanks, Randy. Thanks for having me. Mark, you've been reporting on the high-tech industry since 1996. And as a freelance journalist, author, lecturer, consultant, and radio and TV personality, wow. (laughs) That is a mouthful. So thank you for being here with me, Mark. It it is my pleasure to have you on. And it's my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you. What made you interested in getting into this industry in the first place? Yeah, so uh, as you mentioned, and thank you for that great introduction, I have been doing this for almost 20 years now, and that makes me a dinosaur in the technology world because, as you know, tech evolved so quickly. Um, So I've seen quite a bit of change over the last two decades. Um, So what I'm very lucky, first of all, to be able to work in a field that I'm super passionate about. In my mid-20s or so, I wasn't doing much with my university, uh, a Toronto degree in psych, four-year degree in psychology. Let's say I wasn't doing anything with my uh, degree there. Uh, I was a bill collector by day, hated my job, calling people who didn't pay their credit cards, uh, playing in a band by night, making you know, some money where I could. And I started to really get into tech. So I did not grow up a geek. I was more of a music fanatic. But in my, in my early 20s and mid-20s, I started to really get into the, you know, the worldwide web was brand new uh, and, and needed some explanation for the average person to, you know, what this revolutionary medium meant. I was really getting into video games from sort of from a mature perspective. Like I really got into the interactive storytelling and the narrative and, you know, games were maturing and as well as consumer electronics, this increased reliance on devices that can enhance and enrich your, your day-to-day life. But I, I found like, you know, that there was a void. There was this, it was this sort of very small closet sort of industry uh, or industries, plural, video games and, and gadgets and, and the web, sort of all three separate but complementary sort of spaces. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't anyone that would, uh, A, tie it together, B, make some sense of it and demystify it for the general public. Uh, and uh, that's where I sort of found my role was I did not grow up a techie. I did not go to school for computer science or for journalism or anything, but I felt like I had a good knack in breaking down geek speak into street speak. Okay. Awesome. Wow. <laughs> it, it's quite a change to go from what you studied and what you ended up doing after school 
to, uh, you know, playing instruments and now into the tech field. What instrument did you play, Mark? I was a drummer in a band called Remedy. It was an original band, like original music, um, and we played mostly throughout Toronto and the air and, and the province. But uh, and we had, you know, some very, very uh, moderate success, nothing major. But you know, it was paying my way through university, and you know, we we had some pretty cool gigs, opening up for the likes of uh, the Bare Naked Ladies and the Goo Goo wow. Dolls and Our Lady Peace and uh, Tragically Hip wow. and stuff like that. But but uh, yeah, I just sort of hung up my drumsticks in, in 1996 when I started to uh, write about video games and gadgets and, uh, you know, no looking back. They didn't go well together? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there are some who can do both, but I, you know, I'm the type of person when I get into something, I just go whole hog. So, um, you know, it's been a really fun ride. I mean, I, I, I miss sort of that feeling of, you know, because I'm a freelancer. Journalist. I work from home. I work by myself primarily unless I'm on a video shoot somewhere or interviewing somebody on a radio show, much like what you're doing now for your podcast. But for the most part, it's this pretty solitary experience, uh, for, what, for better or for worse. But So I do miss that feeling of working together as a group on a single project, like writing a song or performing a, an hour and a half concert or something. But uh, I don't, you know, being the drummer, it's tough, man. You know, first one at this show to set up, last one to leave, get all that gear to lug. It's, it's not fun. You should have one of those um, fold-up sets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, electronic drums in your backpack or something. You know, towards the end, we had roadies and stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, for the most part, it was, it's, it's, a, it's a drag. A singer's got it so easy. They just show up whenever they want, you know, yeah. five minutes before the gig with nothing to hold, you know. But it's all good. I had fun. It was a chapter uh, of my life that I wouldn't change or replace, but um, I love what I do now. I'm super lucky to be able to, um, you know, work in, a, in an industry that is so much fun. And I, every day I've got a smile on my face as I go to work. That's awesome. I love that. And I love the fact that you studied one thing, even when you left school, when you were finished, you did something else, like that it was completely unrelated because, you know, uh, in, in my world, we always see different people who have studied or spent time in school and they don't end up with a job afterwards. So I love the fact that you were able to get into something, some kind of industry, and then eventually found something you were really passionate about that helps people. When I talk to kids uh, who are overwhelmed and intimidated about finding a career, they've got that pressure to, to figure out life and what they want to do for a living, you know, I do remind them that I was 26 when I did this full time. So by no means is that old but it's not like I left high school and started working in tech as a journalist or even uh, writing recreationally. I didn't do that. It wasn't even a thought. Um, but as a backup, I went to university just in case the music didn't turn out. I was the only one in the band that did, and I'm glad I did. And I certainly learned the tools that I'm using as a journalist. So I'm not going to say it's a waste uh, those four years and the fact that I wasn't using my degree or for anything that it, I still feel like I learned how to write, you know, with, especially in a program like psychology or formulating an argument like a thesis, you're supporting it with facts or, or your, you know, your research, and then you sort of tie it up at the end. That's no different than a review of a gadget or a video game. So I learned how to write, and I learned how to be organized in, in university. So it wasn't a waste. 
But, yeah, I, I tell kids all the time, it's okay. It's okay to not figure it out just yet. It's okay to change your, your passion. But I always tell them two things. One is to try to figure out as best you can what it is that you're super excited about. Maybe right. it is technology like me, or maybe it's fitness. Maybe it's hockey. Maybe it's, you know, rock music. Whatever it is, try to work in a, in a space uh, about a topic that you're super excited and passionate about because then it won't feel like work. You won't be rolling your eyes. You'll be loving it, and you'll be doing, you know, you'll be in it anyways, uh, you know, for fun, part-time, or, or even as a hobby. But the second tip is to figure out your strengths. You know, not everybody is good at the same thing as everybody else. So I started to write about video games, and I even wrote, I've even, I've even written books about uh, video game careers, but I don't know how to code. I'm not a programmer. So to assess your skill set and see what you're good at, you know, I thought I had a good knack in explaining tech in plain English and, and giving a, lending a critical eye to these products that cost a lot of money and helping people make a wise you know, purchase decision but I don't know how to make a game, but that doesn't mean I can't get into the gaming industry. So, you know, you got to see what you're good at and, and apply it. Awesome. Yep, absolutely. Thank you. Now, I know you contribute to a lot of publications. Can you tell us what some of those platforms are that you research and write for and what the goal is in sharing with these platforms? Sure. So, um, I see my work sort of under different, um, in different columns. So my freelance writing, uh, I write for mostly mainstream publications, uh, about 40 or so, the likes of USA Today, uh, Costco Magazine, Toronto Star, Post Media Metro, uh, Metro Magazines as well, or newspapers rather, um, Yahoo, MSN, AARP, the Retirement Magazine. Um, you know, so but very mainstream, not techie publications, but mainstream pubs. Um, so that's sort of the freelance writing, and then the, my book work will fall under that. I'm writing, currently writing Apple Watch for Dummies. Well. So I'm writing a book about how to master Apple's upcoming smartwatch. Nice. Um, and uh, so that's the freelance writing. Another sort of pillar or column in my line of work would be uh, broadcast work, so hosting radio shows, appearing regularly on TV as a tech expert, or hosting my own segments or shows. Um, you mentioned the movie theater gig uh, at the top mm -hmm. of our interview, so mm -hmm. uh, I'm very fortunate to be working with Cineplex um, in Canada, which is the, the largest movie theater chain, and their sister sister chains as well. So I write and I host a, a spot that runs before the movie uh, begins at, at, um, at theaters across uh, Canada. And I also do a lot of TV work in the state. So that's been a lot, a lot of fun. And then another pillar of my, my work would be public speaking, consulting, and some other ancillary projects that, that I'm involved in, um, charity work and things like that, but all, all under the umbrella of technology, but sort of different disciplines. As to my approach, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Randy, um, I found my calling, and that was to not preach to the converted. Like I, when I first started, I wrote for Wired Magazine and PC Gamer and CNET.com and all these sort of techie publications. But over the years, I felt like I had a, a good way of, of making sense of technology in plain English, or as I like to say, breaking down geek speak into street speak. Um, and that's my MO for everything that I do, whether it's writing, video, radio, or public speaking. I try to uh, make technology accessible and exciting um, and, uh, you know, on my business card, I, I call myself a technology evangelist because I like to preach 
about the benefits of technology, even though okay. I often write about the sort of the downsides uh, tech as well. But, uh, you know, that's, that's what I choose to, to focus on. So sometimes the reviews, as I mentioned, to help, you know, guide the, 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 the buyer through a, you know, the, the purchase process and make sure they're buying something that's worthy. Uh, or how to learn more about your existing tech. It's estimated that we only use about 10% of what our gadgets can do. So I try to fill, up, fill in the void. Um, you know, or it's a trend piece, you know, hey, this is what, this is what wearables means, or, uh, you know, demystifying uh, terms like Internet of Things or, uh, or smart homes or virtual reality, like I, I, I try to talk about that. And then I also chat about the future. I talk about domestic robots, self-driving cars, space tourism, things like that that are coming down, coming down the road that are pretty exciting. It sounds really exciting because you get to be at the forefront of all the new technology that's coming, you know, and, and learn all about it. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's got some nice uh, fringe benefits, like companies sending me products to review and they hope I like it. Right. You know, that's pretty sweet <laughs> because I would be spending my money on this stuff anyway right. if I wasn't doing it professionally. So that's, that's a pretty sweet, uh, you know, uh, perk to the yeah. job is, is, is getting all these games and gadgets and things like that to play around with. So, oh, yeah, it's fun. Sure. <laughs> that's for sure. So do you, spend, you must spend a lot of time researching. Yeah, so, you know, everybody, every freelance uh, journalist will tell you they've got their own system. And for me, I'm fresher in the mornings, so I typically wake up and start writing because uh, I find like I crank out my best work when, when it's earlier in the morning. Right. And then, um, you know, in the afternoon I do things like research where I will start playing around with devices and, and uh, assessing its strengths and weaknesses or I'll do things like interviews, like we're chatting right now, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. I typically do not in the mornings but in the afternoon. I'll do some, you know, I'm a one-man sort of operation, so I have to do like my own you know, FedExing and invoicing and all those sort of right. <laughs> mundane things. So I do that also when I'm not as sharp. And then um, typically, I, you know, I, I do spend a lot of time with my kids. And if I'm not traveling, that is, mm -hmm. um, after school and hanging out and, and at night and stuff. But I do also, because I do um, a lot of speeches and Twitter chats and, and uh, working with companies, special events and hosting and moderating panels, I do often work at night, but usually it's from home unless, uh, you know, I need to go somewhere. But, uh, so that's kind of my system, but everybody works a bit differently, but uh, yeah, it's fun. Awesome. Okay. You also, uh, you also mentioned charity and that you're interested in it. Um, do you want to share with us the charities that you're interested in? Sure. There are a couple, uh, but the one that I, I think is probably most relevant is uh, I'm on the board of a company called Kids Cops and Computers. It's a Toronto-based uh, charity, but we are expanding. Mm -hmm. And its focus is on providing Internet-connected computers and accessories to kids in financially challenged neighborhoods. So okay. these are kids who otherwise can't afford the same technology that we all take for granted, like laptops and a high-speed Internet connection and tablets and things like that. And we, we, we work with the school board, the Toronto District School Board and the Toronto uh, Catholic District, District School Board to identify kids who have academic potential mm -hmm. but otherwise uh, may not be able to afford the technology. So we're trying to help bridge the gap, that digital divide, as it's often referred to. Right. And there's, uh, we're, 
our goal is to reach 600 kids in 2015. That's usually wow. a few hundred kids per year. Nice. And uh, we have other, another very important partner, and that's the Toronto Police Services. So okay. not only do the kids get some gear, but they also get a mentor. They get what we call an e-buddy. This is a police officer who is paired up with that child. And this is a high school program, by the way, a four-year program wow. um, from 9 till 12. And um, they get an e-buddy who they can write or contact whenever they want to talk. And it helps to also um, change the misperception, uh, the, the perception that the officers are the bad guys in some mm-hmm. of these neighborhoods. That's often yes. what they're taught from a very young age from older siblings or parents. Yep. So it changes that perception. Um, and they get to see that, no, in fact, they're here to protect you and to, you know, help you be the best you can be. And so it's a partnership between kids, cops, and computers, the uh, police services, and school boards to work and uh, help these kids who otherwise wouldn't get that opportunity. So I'm proud to be a board member, and mm-hmm. I try to bring, um, you know, my technical expertise, if you will, to, to, the, to the panel and, and help them make uh, good decisions. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, no, I love that. I love that. And you're making an impact, one, on locally and with children, which I love. Um, how do you, like, do they take older equipment? Like if people had XP models or, uh, nope, you know. not this. So I've worked with other charities where we, sorry to cut you off, where we do uh, help to reuse and recycle and repurpose uh, donated technology. But this particular program we have, some amazing partners like HP that uh, provides new and and not underpowered products, but very you know very decent computers that will last the, throughout the four-year uh, program. So we're not talking about recycled or donated uh, equipment that's mm-hmm. aging. This is uh, brand new, powerful uh, equipment. So that's a, a great uh, distinction between this charity and some other similar ones. No, that's that's fabulous. I love that. And is there, like, if an organization was listening to this podcast and they loved the idea and were able to contribute, who would they contact? Sure. So they can go to merrygoround.ca, and all the contact information is there. Awesome. Thank you. So getting back to you, <laughs> uh, you've, you've written a ton of books, Mark, like a ton. What are the major topics or maybe the ones you're most passionate about and what do they convey to the reader? So there's a bunch of different topics. Um, they usually fall under a few different camps like uh, video gaming or electronics, um, but there are exceptions. I wrote a book, uh, sort of a tongue-in-cheek sort of uh, social commentary book a few years ago called um, – uh, it's called the White Collar Slacker's Handbook, okay. Tech Tricks to Fool Your Boss. Yeah, uh, it was just sort of a fun way to combat this 24-7 work culture, the fact that, you know, with, with mobile devices like uh, smartphones, like we're, we're ironically, while we f- feel we have more freedom because we can work from anywhere, we're actually more tethered to the office than ever before um, because we can be reached anytime, anywhere, uh, even on weekends and vacations and holidays. Um, so that's another book. I've written books on finding secrets on your DVDs uh, called Easter eggs. Uh, that, that's kind of like a fun reference book. There was a couple of them. Um, I wrote Siri for dummies to get the most out of your uh, iPhone and an iPad using uh, the, your voice and talking to your personal assistant, Siri. And then now with Apple Watch for dummies, you know, smart watches and other wearables are pretty much uh, – 
you know, they're a big question mark for many people. So I try to help demystify what they are and how to get the most out of your investment. So they vary, but my, some of my most successful books were uh, on, on video game careers and on video game design. So I'll interview some of the world's most renowned game developers about their work, and I'll break it out into various chapters so you can sort of dive in you know, right to the, to the part that's most relevant to you. That's fantastic. I love yeah. it. And I love that you're so committed to sharing information with people because you know once you write a book, now you get to share it with everybody. So I, I love that you've taken the steps to go and do that. But what makes you so passionate about sharing the information? Because you've done this over and over and over again. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, people said to me, uh, you know, you've written tens of thousands of articles. Like, don't you, how do you come up with these, like, intros or headlines? Like, don't you get burned out? And I think because the tech world is different, it's, first of all, the, the topics that I write about are different every day. Mm-hmm. One day it can be about photography, and then the next day it's about televisions, and the third day it's about apps, and the fourth day is about video games. Like, there's a lot underneath the umbrella of technology, but it's also very different in medium. You know, one day I'm writing articles, another day I'm talking to a thousand people in an audience, the day after that it's a radio show or it's a TV appearance in the States. So, like, it's always different. So because the the topic is different, even though it's usually related to technology or interactive entertainment, uh, and, and because the medium is different, it just doesn't, you know, doesn't, I don't feel burned out or, or I have a lack of ideas to come up with or, you know, so... I think it's because of the topic. If it was another industry that didn't move as fast, mm-hmm. maybe I would feel like I've hit a, hit a wall. But uh, no, I'm, you know, again, and because I love this stuff so much, I love sharing information. I, I love making sense of this very overwhelming uh, space that uh, just the, the gratification of, of that light bulb going off, which I can sometimes see in the eyes of the people I'm talking to or, or the, the great feedback I get from people who read my, my columns or watch my videos, right. it's great. It's very rewarding. Right. No, I, and you know what? I, I can see it in your face, like when you're on the big screen. <laughs> you know, that's when I go to a movie. Yeah, you that's can't miss I that 50-foot face. I apologize for that. No, but I love hearing it. It's, it's such great information, and quite often it's technology that we don't even know is out there yet. And, you know, so it's very educational, and I love it, and you clearly do all your research on it. Um, So just as a uh, final question to you, what would you tell people about trying to get into this industry? Is it difficult? Are there any tricks to the trade? Uh, For any industry that they want to break into, there's a couple things that come to mind, whether it's tech or something else. So I mentioned earlier in our conversation about, um, number one, identifying what you're super passionate about and then and sticking with that mm-hmm. field. And then secondly is assessing your own skill set and seeing what role you would best serve in that industry. Um, but after that, some, some other advice that has worked well for me, and you know maybe it's something you don't teach. You either have it or you don't. Mm-hmm. And it's just that I, I don't take no for an answer. I'm, I'm uh, pretty aggressive when I want to get work. Um, I can tell you when I first started, again, not going to journalism school and not, you know, having any connections, being this sort of unknown Canadian writer trying to break into the U.S. market with no experience under my belt. What worked for me was just being relentless in trying to get work. I, I would email literally or I would call or email literally 100 people a day. 
And just by playing those, that numbers game, you're going to get five people who write back and say, you know, all right, well, what do you got? Or let me see something that you've written or published or, or send me some ideas, some sort of reply. You may only get 5% who reply, but out of, those, out of that 5%, you'll get one or two people to say, you know, okay, uh, you know, here's what we pay. Submit me a, a review next Thursday, 400 words on this topic. Or send me ideas and I'll green light one of them. So just by playing the numbers game, you're going to get work. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so number one is to be relentless. Don't expect people to hand you the work. That is just not the way it works. There's a lot of, I know, I know every generation says this, mm-hmm. but the whole self-entitlement, you know, that this, right. you know, a lot of the millennials have their hand out, which I don't think is true necessarily. I think it's a, it's a huge stereotype. But a lot of the people I've met have said, hey, I'm a journalist. Nobody is calling me to, to give me work or emailing me. You know, that's right. just not the way it goes for any industry. So you've got to be very proactive, try to find that, fine line between persistence and annoyance and you'll get work. It, it'll come. It'll get work, but stick with it. Be professional. Don't write an essay in an email. There's just little things like that. You know, um, if you don't get a reply, you know, write back a week or two later with a personalized every, personalized every email. Don't make it a, a copy and paste job. Right. You know, you could just change the name and make sure you, they don't notice that the font is a different color. Or different size. <laughs> <laughs> you know, have an interesting subject line. Don't have a regular or boring subject line because they're going to hit delete very quickly. Right. You know, um, you know, just just little things like that. Some of it is common sense. Some of it is just doing your research. But have that hook. But have that drive to to break down doors. Nobody's going to open it for you. Well, the next, I, I guess, another tip is just to um, you know uh, build upon what you have. Networking is great. Um, when I started writing for bigger and bigger publications, I would get invited to events that were industry events and that's where you know I would be flown to I don't know New York or wherever to to go to a, a junket to, to to celebrate the launch of a new game or the uh, the unveiling of a new product and that's where you're going to meet editors for other publications who are looking for freelance work so that's where you can you know you're you're having a beer beside the guy who edits this magazine or you're having dinner uh, beside somebody who works on that website and they you know you trade business cards and you be proactive and you follow up You'll find work. So just to build upon what you have, if you write a, an, an article you're impressed with, um, send it to the companies that you've written about so they can see the coverage. Send it to other uh, publications that you want to write for and say, hey, just an FYI, I wrote about this, I don't know, smartwatch last week for this publication. If you'd like something on this topic, you know, um, you know, I thought you, you might like to see this. So just to be really like sort of proactive, be professional, but and don't be too pushy or else you're going to turn them off, but try to find that sweet spot where you're not falling between the cracks, but you're, you're not getting on their nerves either. So it's just some sort of common sense, but you know, it's surprising how many people I've met who are expecting to get work and they're, and they're just, they have their hand out. It's just, that's just not the way it goes mm-hmm. in any industry. Right, right. Well, Mark, you've mentioned a few different things that are extremely impactful. It doesn't matter whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're looking for a, quote, job or who you are out there. But if you don't persist, because I know so many people will sit by the phone and wonder, why aren't they calling me? I gave out my resume. Or why aren't they calling me? You know, <laughs> I applied yeah, yeah. for this or that. <laughs> I'll share one story with you. There was one editor um, back in the day, back in the late 90s, wasn't calling me back. And um, I ended up sending a cookie gram 
Like I picked up the phone. It cost me all of like eight bucks. Mm-hmm. And I sent a giant cookie to this editor with my name and phone number in icing. You know, like it's eight bucks. Pick up the phone. Come up with an idea like that. And, you know, it shows that you're thinking outside of the box, that you, you, know, that you want the work. You're hungry for it. Uh, and then after that, it's all about delivering it, you know, on time, clean copy, and, uh, and, and generating new ideas. That's your role. Uh, in my world, that's a freelance journalist. They don't want to just do all the thinking. Editors want to edit. So they'll say, come up with some ideas. Don't expect that they're just going to say, okay, here is your topic. Send them five topics out of the blue on a Monday morning. Hey, right. any of these interest you? So just little things like that. But yeah, so think, get creative. Send, it, send a cookie gram. It works. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And uh, yeah, so what you've said is going to help so many people in various different in- industries. So I absolutely love it with the marketing and the networking and being persistent. So thank you for that. And it, Mark, I loved hearing your story. It, it, thank I, you. Thanks so much for having me, Randy. I really appreciate the, the chance to chat with you and your listeners. And I'm glad to hear that you found it uh, interesting and useful. No, I loved it. And I think you're going to help a lot of people. And it was really my honor to speak with you today. I'm honored to have you on. Now, is there anywhere that people can get a hold of you if they want to connect with you or they want to keep up with you? Because I know you're going super fast. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess Twitter is probably a convenient place uh, because I link to a lot of my articles and uh, blogs and videos and radio work and stuff. So if uh, anybody listening is on Twitter, I'm, I'm at Mark Saltzman. Uh, so it's at sign Mark with a C underscore Saltzman, S-A-L-T-Z-M-A-N or S-A-L-T-Z-M-A-N for your American listeners. And uh, I'm pretty good at replying back. So that's a great way to hit me up. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Mark, again, for being on with us. And everybody, don't forget to uh, subscribe to this podcast so you can hear Mark and all kinds of other wonderful people. And thank you again, Mark, for being with me. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have an awesome day. Thank you for listening to the Empowerment Radio Show. Want more empowerment from Randy Goodman? Stay up to date and follow Randy on Twitter at Randy Connects. That's Randy with an I. Remember to use hashtag EWTS, which is short for Empowering Women to Succeed. Or visit TorontoWomensExpo.com.